And we're back here on this Wednesday. If you've got a ticket to fly Flair, Flair Airlines, you may want to check with your carrier, as they like to say in the airline biz. That after Global News reporting that the airline Flair could soon be grounded. And for more on this, let's get our travel expert in here. Here's Marty Firestone, who joins us now. Hey there, Marty. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, Flair's future seems to be, pardon the pun, if you will, up in the air right now. And this is all over concerns regarding who is in control of the company, Marty? Yeah, this is, <laughs> we talk about stories all the time. This, again, makes the books here. I, for the life of me, cannot figure out what is going on in the background here that possibly could ground these flights as of May the 3rd. And there's a lot of people and clients of mine that are holding on to tickets that think they're going. And if it just gets grounded, guess what? They're not. They're not going to get back the cost of that ticket from insurance. That much, I can tell you. And they're going to have to make alternative arrangements. That's very scary. All right. How did we get here? Was there not enough transparency regarding ownership of a flare? Because I guess the concern is that it's uh, being controlled by a a U.S. entity, a U.S.-based partner has assumed uh, control. Yeah, I'm reading as best as the next person. And it appears that you know, somebody is sitting in a bigger position than 49%, which is evidently the threshold of whether it's considered uh, Canadian owned or not. So don't know the details exactly, but it's enough that they're suggesting that if in fact it is what it is, then these flights and whole airline for that matter, license could be withdrawn, which would cause a massive problem in the community, in the traveling community. All right. Do we know why these uh, rules, these laws, as it were, why they're in place uh, regarding uh, ownership of Canadian Airlines? I would think just for the right to be able to land, fly in Canada and have that kind of um, position would have to do with ownership being Canadian. Again, it's it's not necessarily something I'm involved in, but I can suggest that there must be some reason to be able to say it's Canadian ownership and get the routes you get and get the ability to land at the airport you do and things like that. That's all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. Flair, of course, is known as a uh, you know low-cost uh, carrier, and I think a lot of people are wondering, uh, Marty, because it's got uh, maybe U.S. controlling interest here. Again, the review is uh, underway, and of course, the airline industry, much more competitive when it comes to uh, price and so many other things, uh, you know, the airline, uh, U.S. airline industry than uh, the Canadian one. Has Flair really shaken up the market here? And is that uh, part of the reason uh, behind this, that uh, we're seeing uh, airfares and uh, the pressure and the uh, competition for airfares increase because of this? No doubt. The more more players in the in the market, the chances of pushing prices and the others, the larger airlines being forced to look at these prices and try to be competitive. So it's great to have this in the industry, but this is not good if this doesn't follow through as planned. And for people who bought tickets and then are going to be scattering to get tickets from other carriers, they're looking at a much larger price than they previously paid as it's closer to the date also. So the whole thing is going to just like blow up in the face with respect to what you're going to be paying for something you thought you were paying for. Okay, we're sitting here talking on April the 13th. As you mentioned, uh, May 3rd is when the airline flare could be grounded. Uh, what is your advice for those that might be holding on to uh, tickets past May 3rd with flare? Yeah, real simply. The, the question of whether you buy flare now after May 3rd is something I would really consider. And before the purchase of anything like that, you are asking the airline in particular, if you are not in a position to fly that day, am I going to be refunded my full amount? I've been assured that I will not get anything back from trip cancellation for a reason of default, bankruptcy, uh, quarantine, anything to do with the airline not being able to take off. So 
Ask that question first. Will I get my money back from you? For the ones who already own tickets, I think a call there also is important to understand what happens if we don't leave on May the 3rd. And that could be a problem for the ones who already own it. But for the ones who haven't bought yet, I think they have to look elsewhere until the situation is rectified. Mm -hmm. Do we know why the passengers of Flair past May 3rd, uh, they might not be covered by insurance or by the industry itself? I mean, we've talked so much over the past few years about this passenger bill of rights, uh, Marty, which uh, seemingly is fairly toothless, according to a lot of uh, observers. Is this another example of that? I mean, why are Canadian customers, Canadian flyers, not protected from something like this? 100%. This has got to have more bite to it, as you say. From an insurance perspective, after speaking with three insurers this morning, I can assure you they don't feel it's their responsibility. It is actually an exclusion in their contract. So, They're saying if that airline didn't take the client, it's their problem to give back the money to the traveler, not our problem. So insurance-wise, they've washed their hands of it because, quite frankly, it's not their responsibility. So now it's left with what you just talked about earlier, not enough bite in any of the things for protection of the traveler. All right, which obviously brings a big question to mind. Uh, Is cancellation insurance even worth it then? Can you give us a little insight into that as to whether or not uh, you should bother with uh, cancellation insurance? Is it worth the cost? Cancellation insurance has never been more important than it is now as witnessed with a couple this week that are out $3,400 for a flight that they could cancel up to seven days, but when they had the PCR test, or I should say the antigen test the day before, they were positive. Therefore, they had to walk away from the 3400 because they didn't have cancellation insurance. So yes, more important than ever with the number count going up and people being tested and coming down with COVID, you need cancellation to protect you in the event you can't get on that plane. Yes, it's not covering you in the event that that airline gets shut down. That's a different ballgame. But yes, cancellation more than ever in any travel plans coming up. Yeah. Is that catching a lot of travelers by surprise? Because as you and I have talked about over the last month or so, as travel has opened back up, there's a lot of people anxious to travel again, a lot of pent up demand, uh, Marty. But are they being caught off guard by uh, some of these uh, COVID costs if they unfortunately test positive? Do they think that they will be covered by the uh, airline for the flight and are not? They do, and they think they have it on their credit card, and they think they have it through their benefit package at work, and then they find out, lo and behold, no coverage whatsoever. So they are really concerned about whether they're properly covered. Now, the calls since that incident a couple days ago on that flight have just gone through the roof with people saying, am I covered for that? Am I covered for this? And I say to them, you need a separate individual trip cancellation policy because it will not be covered any other way. Yeah. Do you sense that there's some renewed concern with this uh, sixth wave uh, underway? And do you think or do you see it affecting uh, the travel industry at all right now? I don't. And for one simple reason, that it's still about pent up demand, having gone away in two and a half, three years. And that even if you do get sick, it is going to be a mild flu-like type sip symptom as opposed to ending up in an ICU uh, on a ventilator. So people are traveling more than ever. This is not going to stop them, but they have to be properly protected from the perspective of cancellation, medical and interruption insurance. All right. Good stuff as always. Marty, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Take care. You too. There's our travel expert, Marty Firestone, and things off for us on this Wednesday. And yes, that does it for our time here today. Thank you, as always, for yours. Much appreciated. I'm Jeff MacArthur. Have a great rest of the afternoon. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 on Global Television for the morning show. And right back here, I'll meet you back on the radio tomorrow afternoon at 1.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.